Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey, so grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a Coffee Break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Thank you for joining me on Positive Adoption. Going to start with my personal update. Well, it's kind of a geographical update. Yesterday, it was super, super hot here in the mountains, which is not normal for it to be that hot. I know it's hotter in the lowlands, but today I woke up and it was just so breezy and nice and in the 50s. And the other day, I saw a red leaf, a red maple, so it had already changed color. And on the one hand, I'm kind of like, I am not ready. It's not time for fall. It's not time. We still have really a month and a half of summer because summer goes until September 20th, 21st. And on the other hand, I'm like, I'm enjoying this coolness. I'm actually wearing a sweater. I know that's not much of a personal update. I don't really have anything to do with any of those things. I did not make those things happen. So more of my personal update is I just finished a Bible study, The Armor of God by Priscilla Shire. And man, it was so amazing. One of the things that I appreciated about it is it had these prayer cards that you could fill in in the back to write your prayers laced with scripture so that you could pull them out and remind yourself to put on the armor of God every day. And I've been talking to a friend of mine. We kind of like message each other almost every morning about our Bible studies. And one of the things that we both keep running into over and over again is these scriptures about renewing our mind and changing our mindset. And one person I would really recommend that you do some reading on, if you're not familiar with the science of that, is Dr. Caroline Leaf. She is amazing. She has studied the the brain for so many years and found that so many things that have been said in the Bible about the brain are actually scientific facts. You know the scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So yeah, so what we think about ourselves, it really, we start acting those things out. Like, what is it? I can't remember exactly the saying, but you know, the thought becomes an attitude, the attitude becomes an action. Those kinds of things are scientific principles that are true. So Dr. Karen Lineleaf, I really recommend her, especially with the topic that we're talking about today, because we are on part three of what are you thinking about your kiddos? You know, what do you believe about your kiddos is the actual title. And I started this topic two weeks ago. This is the third week. 
But before we get into the topic, I have a community update. Homeschooling 101 starts on August 2nd. So what does that mean for you? If you are interested in being part of the Homeschool 101 group for the month of August, you can message me or you can find me, Kathleen Guire, on Facebook and let me know or email me at positiveadoption at gmail.com. But what does that mean for you as a listener? For the whole month of August, there will be a Monday podcast released and not a Wednesday one. So if you love these coffee break podcasts that I release on Wednesdays, it might be time to look at the backlist for the month. Go back and find some that you would like to listen to, but we would love for you to join us, Lori Schaefer, Audrey Simmons, Amory Campbell, and I, for the Monday podcast. And on August 3rd, we'll be starting with just an introduction to each of us, a little bit of our history with homeschooling, And also, what would we tell our younger self if we had the opportunity? That younger self who started that homeschooling journey on that day one. And we were freaked out. What would we tell ourselves? So there's also a private Facebook group to go along with that, which you can be a part of. So, on to our topic. Okay. I was going to reread something. Sorry for the pause. Sometimes I'm looking at my phone to look at my notes. So this is the third week and I started this topic. What do we believe about our kiddos? And this week I'm going to pick up in the middle of the conversation. I just want to do a quick reminder though, because I think this puts us in the right frame of mind thinking about it. If we can think about how this has affected us personally then we're more able to understand how it affects our kiddos. So just for a minute, think about one thing that was said to you or implied about you when you were a child that has stuck with you into your adulthood. Now, I use the example of the work ethic with my husband and I. Just think about one of those things. Maybe think about a negative one for now, just so that will put you in the right frame of mind. So you can realize that what the adults in our life when we were children believed and said about us did affect us. So then we can move on to what are we believing about our kiddos? What are we saying about our kiddos? And how is this affecting them? Obviously, we can't control our kiddos. We can get stuck there, and we don't want to get stuck into codependency. But just as a reminder, kiddos who have experienced trauma already come with their own set of beliefs. Neglect says you don't exist. Abuse says you don't matter. So how are we helping them reframe our beliefs? And how are we reframing our beliefs about them? So I had promised you that this time I would talk about some ways and some scripts that we can use, and those will be on the show notes, that we can, what we're telling them verbally on a daily basis, how we're responding to them, 
What are we, are we forming a new neural pathway in our brain as well as theirs? So, and I'll just re-mention again, you know, I'm a recovering codependent mom. So a lot of times I get stuck in whatever my kid is feeling. So just remember, even with these scripts, you cannot control your child. Each one of them is a unique individual with a different history, different way of looking at things. And if you think it's all up to you, then you just need to step back for a moment and say, it's not all up to me. It's not all up to me. And there are no perfect parents. So it's time to stop striving for perfect behavior and perfect parenthood. Now, with that said, there are some changes you can make in your thinking and the way that you respond to things that will make gradual changes in a child's mind and in your mind. So, um, let me move on to... We can either entangle ourselves with a mindset or we can just rise above. You know when you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh, I know what this kiddo is going to do today. We get entangled in that mindset. We get set on that mindset. And then we act on that mindset. It's almost as if we're on pins and needles or walking on eggshells, just waiting for that kiddo to misbehave and be like, see, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. And then what you're doing is, according to Dr. Caroline Leaf, is you are growing something that looks like a tree in your brain. And it is the way that you will continually respond to that situation. And it grows out like this little tiny thing that looks like a mushroom first, and then it grows into a tree. And when that tree is toxic, then it actually releases toxins into our system every time we go through that line of thinking. Think about how awful you feel when you have that attitude. Oh my goodness, I just know this day is going to be horrible. I just know this kiddo is going to mess it up. And the truth is the kid might mess it up. But when we get stuck in that mindset ourselves, then we are making the whole day toxic. And who's the parent in the scenario? We have to be the parent. I had typed up a few things that we could replace. Replace, I knew you would do that with, let's try again. I know you can do it. Or with my help, you can do it. Replace, I can't believe you broke that with, people are more important than things. Are you okay? I have used, I used that one so many, many, many times in my parenting because having seven kids, something was always getting broken. And I think like maybe I overdid what, that one, which is okay, because I had this Polish pottery soup urn and it sat on my corner hutch and we used it to, to put soup in, not because it was necessary, just because it was beautiful and it was something the kiddos had in Poland. And so my hut, my hutch was being moved. My husband was moving it for me. And he had forgotten that the hutch was two pieces. So there was a top piece and a bottom piece. So we tried to move the whole thing as one. And that soup burn fell off and just shattered. 
and I definitely gasped and I probably cried, but my kids were just like, you know, people are more important than things. So that one really stuck and it still has stuck. And that's okay because that's true. That was an item that was a thing. Okay. Replace these phrases in your vocabulary. You always and you never. My husband and I taught a marriage class for years and years at our church. And when we were teaching couples to have a discussion, you can call it argument if you want to, those are some of the phrases that we had asked them and we even practiced in class to get rid of in their communication with each other because those are so harmful and it is setting a mindset in ourselves and in the, the person that we're conversing with, whether it's our child or our spouse. You always disappoint me. You never do what I ask you to do. Instead, we need to take each event and treat it as if, as if it is completely separate from any other event, like it's the very first time this has happened. So if you erase those two phrases from your communication, it makes a huge difference. Because the truth is, there is no you always or you never. And if there is, and you're solidifying that the fact that that kid does that every time, then you are just making it more probable that it will happen that way again. Um, so you can replace that. There's different phrases you can replace it with, but one of them that I typed up was, I know you hate, and then you fill in the blank, but let's try together. You know, like you never clean up your room. I know you hate, or if you don't like the word hate, I know a lot of parents don't. I know you dislike cleaning up your room, but let, let's try together. Let's do it together. Think of redos in this scenario. If you're not familiar with redos, they're part of the Instead of Tips course on Teachable that I put together. And I also have a free resource infographic of Instead of Tips. So redos is one of those. And a redo is simply giving the child a chance to try again with you directing them. You tell them, I mean, you know, if they don't know to say, I'm sorry, you just say, okay, let's try that again. Tell your sister you're sorry for taking the Play-Doh away. Or, you know what, you rumpled up that math paper. I always go to the math paper because that happens so many times in my home. Let's get a fresh one out and let me pick every other one. Let's try again. You have to give your child the tools to be successful. And not only do redos actually have more power to transform the pathways in the brain than the actual mistake, we adults need to think to redo our thinking in our minds before we can believe differently about our kids. Replace, he always ruins the day with, he had a meltdown today and we dealt with it and we moved on. Or he had a meltdown last hour. This is a new hour. It's fresh. 
like Anna Green Gable says, it has no mistakes in it yet. And I found this on um, at Corkboard Online, Melissa Corkum. I don't know if she has a podcast. I don't know if you follow her, but she's awesome. And she says this, if my kids were misbehaving, then I was to blame. I also falsely thought if I was diligent enough to meet their needs, the behaviors would go away. Raising my hand there, how many of us think that it is all within our control? Like if we follow all the guidelines or all the steps like A, B, and C, we entangle ourselves so much in our kids' responses and behaviors instead of realizing each one of them is separate and unique. Saying if we do A, B, and C means we have met their needs and they will behave perfectly. That's just ridiculous. It just does not work that way. So take that burden off yourself. If what you're believing about your kiddos, one of the things is that I just have to meet their needs and everything will go perfectly. That is just not true. So I'm going to wrap this up for today. And just as a reminder, there will be no Wednesday podcast for the month of August. But please join us on Mondays for Homeschooling 101. Even if you're doing virtual virtual schooling or online schooling or some other form of schooling than you normally do, I think that you will benefit from hearing what these ladies have to say. So thanks for joining me and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe to KathleenGuire.com to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter, plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube, and leave a review so other listeners can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're also welcome to send me an email to positiveadoption at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kathleen Guire. Thanks for being part of the Positive Adoption Community.